The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP John Paz. With me today, a very special guest, former world-class world television champion, world tag team champion, and six-man tag team champion. He's, of course, Mr. Lance Von Eric. Lance, welcome to the two-man power trip. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Nice to be here. What is going on in your world? What have you been up to? Well, I'm here between uh, South Africa and Mexico. You know, I've been living outside the United States since I left uh um uh, world class actually so you enjoying living in uh, mexico and uh, out of the states yeah <laughs> a lot especially now watching the politics in the states it makes me wonder you know a lot oh, of, it's terrible yeah it's crazy so what's going on i guess work in mexico or just uh hanging out playing golf uh both i actually am in the in the hotel industry so you know i I have to be here seven months out of the year in Mexico and the rest of the time I can travel. Very cool. So you don't miss the States at all, I'm guessing. Well, you know, I was on a two month holiday and part of that was, you know, in the States. So it's nice to come visit. So I, uh, I was in, uh, uh, Nevada and Arizona. <clears throat> and then the first time in, I guess 35 years that I've been to also Texas. So I spent a couple of days in Texas. Wow. What was that like? That's a little bit of a homecoming. Well, it's kind of strange because I, I drove by the sportatorium uh, where it was and uh, God is Dallas Fort Worth completely changed. I didn't even recognize it. Crazy. It's gone, right? Completely the sportatorium. There's nothing there, right? <laughs> nothing there. Yeah. Wow, that, I mean that is weird, but that's pretty cool that you were, you know, thirty five years later, but you're in in the in the old stomping grounds. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It brought back some memories, you know. So, um, and not all of them were good either, you know. So, but it was interesting. I was going to say good memories are bad, but you like you said, not all, not all good with uh, world class. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I'm in the Baja, so I'm trying to actually find a spot that I can get the internet. Oh yeah, no problem. I was saying you, like you were saying, not all good memories uh, from world class, obviously. 
Well, you know, I was working twice a day, you know, and that was almost every day. So I had no time for myself at all. And it was because the, you know, the Von Erics there was always one of them or two of them missing. So I would do the first, uh, the first match in one town and it may have been in the other. It was just overworked. So those, t- those times weren't very fun. Yeah, it seems like that's coming out more and more lately with like Jeff Jarrett and different people were talking about how Kevin doesn't show up, Kerry doesn't show up. Like, you know what I mean? It's starting to get out there more that they were just, I know people knew that, but it just seems to be more out there with like more like uh, casual fans and stuff that they realized those two guys were kind of AWOL for a bit. Well, it wasn't only them. It was also Mike as well, you know? I mean, when he wasn't hurt, obviously, you know, he was hurt and he was out for a while, but it was like covering for everyone. So it was, it was tough. Wasn't fun, you know, and that's why I actually left. Too much work, too much going on. Just just too much uh, pressure on you, I guess. Right. And the money wasn't commensurate to the job. You know, it became something that was kind of fun. You know, when I was in Portland, it was fun. You know, we had a, I had a good time and everyone told me, including Don Owens, don't leave. You know, you need to actually stay here for a couple of years and then go to the W. If I had to do things over, I would have actually taken his advice and go to the WWF instead of going with the Bon Erics. And I thought at the time, you know, that would actually be a great place to, you know, to go to because I'd get an instant push. But it turned out, you know, it was exactly the opposite. Not that not to push, but I mean, you know, by kind of ending my career. So what did Don say? He wanted you to get some more grooming and some more work in PNW? Yeah, you know, I wasn't on national television. You know, the problem with world class, you know, I was thrown into a, you know, I wasn't ready, you know, but they needed someone right then or there. It was either go or, you know, at that time or lose uh, the opportunity. And so to my detriment, actually, it turned out to be, you know, uh, well, it was to my detriment, you know, because I was I, I was pushed in this situation too early and also uh, being overworked. And so I told I mean, I, I don't know how much, you know, your your viewers know about what happened to me. But, you know, I, I actually I kind of held them up. I said, listen, I'm leaving you know, unless you pay me more and they didn't want to pay me more. And so they were afraid I would go to WWF. So they kind of on television had, you know, that I wasn't a real Von Eric and all that, you know, and I wouldn't have come back in, in reality, I wasn't going to come back to the States anyway. You know, I had already set up everything in South Africa for, you know, uh, business and all that. And so, you know, that, that was a, you know, I I kept on wrestling. It's just on the other of the world. Yeah, South Africa a lot, right? And and you set up a different tours in other countries too, right? Right. And you know, I had health clubs in South Africa, and you know, I didn't need, I didn't need the money. You know, I was making really good money with the health clubs, and I would only wrestle whenever it it suited me. It wasn't like I had to, you know, had to make money, and uh, it makes a big difference in many things. You know, if you don't have to work, you know, and you enjoy working just because you want to do it, it makes it a lot more fun. 
What did you think when the Von Erichs did that on TV? Because basically they come out, oh, he's not really related. He's not really the Von Erich. What was going through your mind at that point? Like, screw these guys? Well, I thought, how stupid, you know, because it, it, in reality, looking back, and I wasn't in the I wasn't in the States at the time. I just had heard about it. You know, this was all, you know, second. I, I believe I had just left. And it was all, you know, from other people that told me. You know that uh, you know they'd gone on television. You know on national television. I think it was uh, actually on uh, that channel thirty nine that went all over the world. And I just thought, well, you know, it's kind of stupid for them to to actually say that because if they hadn't said anything, I would have just, you know, I would just uh, gone by the wayside and nobody had not. They could have said anything, but I think it made them look like liars. You know, I mean, I don't see what the, the purpose of it was, but it is what it is. And that's what they did. So it was really because you weren't wanting to work there anymore and you wanted more money. That was their way of kind of getting rid of you, even though you kind of already quit. Yeah, exactly. And, the, you know, I, and again, I think that they thought, you know, that I was going to go to the WWF. And I was actually offered, you know, um, to actually work at the WWF. And... uh you know, and I had, I really didn't have a desire. Looking back, I probably should have, but, uh, you know, my, my life turned, uh, you know, you kind of get pushed in a way you should have gone in the first place. And I wouldn't have the life that I have now if I had stayed with the Von Eriks. And I know so many wrestlers that are, you know, dirt, I mean, dirt poor, they just have no money whatsoever. You know, and I think that if I stuck around in Dallas, that I might have, you know, ended up that way as well. Do you think with the WWF, you would have succeeded there? Or like, what was the thought process with not going to WWF? Wasn't that I, I, I just had, I was just I, I, looking back, you know, I was just kind of disillusioned with the whole thing in the States. You know, um, I just, I just felt that I, you know, I didn't want to go to New York. I didn't really know anybody in New York, you know, and I just, I just didn't have the desire, you know? Um, and I, 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 I had opportunities elsewhere and I just thought it would, uh, it would pan out, you know, much, much better for me. And it might've turned out great at W, you know, at world, you know, in W at the WWF too, you know, you don't know, but it, it was a different route I had taken. And, you know, I got to see the world that I, I I don't think I would have seen if I'd done it, you know, the other way around. And I didn't have enough, I still didn't have enough experience. I don't think to go to the WWF. I, if I had gone that way, I should have gone, stayed in Portland for a couple more years. Do you remember who made you the offer for WWF and how that kind of went down? Yeah, I was in uh, Florida and, uh, Actually, uh, I don't know if you've seen, I, I, I had actually wrestled a couple of times at the, uh, um, at, uh, um, uh, for, and I can't remember the guy's name, Eddie Mansfield at Universal Studios. He was trying to do a, a production there. And uh, I'll send you a link to one of the wrestling. And I was actually much better back then when I was wrestling with Eddie. Uh, but one of the guys that was promoting uh, the WWF had actually seen me and I was at a, I was about 300 pounds. You know, I was taking a lot of steroids. I wasn't able to work out when I was, uh, 
you know, at world class because I was too busy trying to go to, uh, you know, the top trying to work, you know, I'd be eight hours on the road and, you know, and then coming back home and then having to get up the next day and wrestle in the afternoon someplace in the evening someplace else. So I had no time for myself or to work out. But anyway, so uh, one of their scouts actually asked me if I would, you know, send them a tape of me wrestling. And I sent them the tape and they wanted me to actually, you know, come out and meet them. And um, I just never, I, I didn't pursue it. Man, that's would have been like you say could have been a good opportunity but obviously you know life works out better obviously for you away from wrestling but it would have been interesting to see you in the wbf late 80s 90s like what you would have been do you think about that at all you're like yeah whatever like wrestling is wrestling well no i i've, I've thought about it but it, you know again like i said that i wouldn't have you know i wouldn't have gone to all the countries that i've gone to you know and i wouldn't have traveled uh the way that I've traveled and I wouldn't have made the money that, you know, I've made, you know, I mean, I, I, I spent half my time in Mexico, half my time in South Africa. I got good weather all year round, you know, and I don't think that I would, you know, I would have, um, I don't think I'd be where I am today. If I, in who knows again, I also could be dead. You know, how many people that I've worked with that are, you know, or dead, especially with world class. You know, yeah. Rick Rude, you know, if you bust Sawyer, you know, you on and on, the Von Erics, all of them, you know, Chris Adams, uh, you know, Matt Boren, uh, just a onslaught of people, you know, and it, I was around, you know, at that time, and everybody was doing drugs. Gino Hernandez, you know, and they're all dead. So I don't know if I'd even be alive if I had hung around. Very true. Yeah. Were you into the drug culture at all or not really? They all were. Yeah. I wasn't as bad as a lot of them. Yeah. But, you know, I, I yes. Can't hardly not be. Or alcohol or ball. You know, it's just almost everyone. There was very few people that, you know, didn't partake. Did you have like a drug of choice or you just like drinking a lot? No, I, yeah, I kind of like the, the opiates. Would have been interesting if you went to WBF because Kerry goes, as Texas Tornado goes to WBF. I wonder if they would have played off that at all with you and him or if they would have done anything with you guys together. Could have, you know, actually, and that's a good point. I think that it could have, you know, at that time, actually, when he was there, I actually was, I was as big as him. So we would actually, you know, at that time I was, 300 pounds so i think that uh it, it would have been an interesting you know tag team you know maybe against each other or together who knows was steroids like prevalent in world class too because i mean obviously carry but besides him was it prevalent or just regular you know hard drugs and stuff like that all of them took i mean not all but many 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 people took steroids on top of you know, uh, on top of the other drugs and everyone alcohol. You know, we used to drive to the towns and we would, I mean, everyone, you know, you'd be, you'd have 12 beers in you before you even got to the, you know, to the ring. In those days, you know, they didn't really check for, uh, you know, we've been, we got pulled over several times and the police just let us go. You know, but not that I'm aware of, but got a DUI or whatever you call it, DWI. 
you know um and i can imagine driving in the states after drinking even a couple of drinks today you know i think that they put you in jail no yeah oh yeah they'll they crack down on that big time nowadays but the world-class guys and the von erics were like gods down there right i mean you could do no wrong down in texas pretty much you know and it's kind of weird because you know i actually got over as as good as the von erics you know i had a I was selling my picture and that's really actually where I made my money was selling, uh, you know, pictures. And I was, I was smart because I, you know, I had, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the, you know, the, the pictures, but you know, I was in Israel. So I took a picture with the army with AK 47. I had a picture with a a lion and a a leopard and, you know, so the, the, the pictures sold really well. I wouldn't have made it in wrestling if I didn't, if I hadn't got my, picture money and i only got a small percentage of it you know but i made a lot of money from those pictures and uh they kind of subsidized the because you know the money at, at that time with world class got worse and worse and worse you know i think i'd just missed the height of you know that texas stadium when they brought me in it was full you know and then the second texas not the texas stadium but the second one they did in uh in Fort Worth, you know, and the convention center there just didn't gr- draw a very big crowd. And so, you know, it just, I, I was late by about four years, you know, so the money each, each, uh, you know, it seemed like each month was a little bit less and a little bit less. What do you think was the reasoning behind that? All the, like the craziness that was going on work class or is it the fact that WWF was kind of taking over at that point? Both, you know, I think that both, you know, the thing is that it, it looking back as well, you know, if um, Fritz had actually wanted to, you know, he was in a position where he could have taken, he could have been just as big, if not bigger uh, with um, their, you know, our promotion there as WWF, he just didn't want to, you know, it was back in the days where, where there was all those territories. And I don't think he wanted to infringe on other, you know, territories. So he was happy just to be where we were, you know, and I think David Manning, I think, uh, Kevin, I don't know about Carrie, but I think Kevin and they, cause Kevin was much more involved in that side, but they all wanted to, you know, just go out and, you know, actually take over. And they could have, you know, we had real strong TV, especially at channel 39, that religious station went all over the world, you know, huge in Israel. You know, I used to go over there, not wrestling, but I used to go over there. I had a girlfriend at the time and I used to go over and see her and we would take boxes and boxes. You remember the old, um, the old, uh, cameras that you could have an instant picture with. Oh you know, yeah. The Polaroids. Oh yeah. Polaroid. Yes. And uh, so, you know, we would charge back then. I had a friend of mine. We'd go around and take pictures with people. And I would pick them up, like, you know, like, and take a picture with them and set the kid down. And back then, $10 a picture. And I could take 2,000 pictures in a, you know, as many pictures as I could take in a day and stand doing it, you know, because you'd have to deal with, like, crowds and crowds and crowds of people. But it was just amazing how over that we were. You know, the first time I went, there was like 50,000 people at the airport. You know, it was crazy. 
And in the book, you know, I tell about, you know, the book that I'd written and actually it's done really well, but I, you know, it has a little bit about the background of world-class. And then the other part is, you know, um, about, you know, my travels, uh, wrestling, but not about wrestling. We got bombed on a train in India. We got, uh, uh, Chris Adams tried to hijack a plane. Not really, but he headbutted the, you know, the, the co-pilot. I rode a bicycle from, you know, from South Africa to the Congo with two other guys. We, uh, used to, I used to run guns from the States to South Africa and got busted in the UK. So it's, it's stories that happened whilst I was wrestling some of it in the States, but most of it, you know, abroad. So Ex- excellent book. Lance by chance wrestling as a Von Eric. Excellent book. Good stuff in there. And I think it tells a little bit about, you know, what it was like for somebody that, you know, never, cause I, you know, I didn't aspire to be a wrestler. That wasn't my, you know, my plan at all. It just kind of fell into my lap, you know? And, uh, um, a lot of the people that, you know, wrestled their, you know, second generation, or they've always wanted to be a wrestler from the time that they were very young. And that wasn't the case with me. I was making really good money before I actually got into wrestling. Matter of fact, I remember George Weingroff and, you know, Gino Hernandez and several other people, you know, they would say, why do you want to wrestle? You know, why would you do that? You know, you, you know, don't go into the business. You know, I drove up in a, you know, in a new Jaguar and I just remember everybody wondering what the hell. And I, in my mind, I didn't know that, you know, what kind of money they were making. You know, I thought it was a lot more. Were they bitter towards you at all? Like, oh, what, this guy's showing up in a Jaguar, you know what I mean? How much is he getting paid? We're getting nothing here. No, I don't think that, I think that where they had a problem is that, uh, you know, that I, I, I didn't pay my dues. You know, I just walked right in, you know, and they, they made, Fritz used to make people come down and, you know, train with me. You know, and I, obviously that's probably the last thing you want to do after you've driven all night, wrestled and driven all night to get back home, you know, but nobody ever really, you know, in front of me, nobody ever, you know, made me feel like they had animosity. But, you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case whenever they were, you know, alone. But I, I certainly didn't hear it. And everybody, pretty much everybody treated me pretty well. I never really had a problem with anybody. I mean, because I was, I was always nice and I was humble, you know? I mean, I, I knew that it was a good opportunity for me. And a lot of people would have loved to have that opportunity. And, um, you know, so I, I didn't, I, I treated everybody well. And I actually wasn't like the other Von Erics. I went out there and tried to work with them. I didn't like try to hurt them. And everybody used to say to me, you know, please don't fucking hurt me. So they were working a little bit snug, a little bit stiff with the opponents, the other Von Erics? You ask anybody, especially with Kevin, everyone hated to work with him. And not a little snug. They always said that they got hurt. You know, and... You know, that's what that was. I think Kevin was better. I mean, sorry, Kerry was better. But I do know that, you know, Kevin used to, 
like really, really potato people. You know, that he would, he he would hurt them. Any reasoning behind that, or just that's the way he worked? That's the way he worked. I don't think he. I think in his mind too, he wanted it to look, you know, authentic. And what do you do? You know, if you're the promoter's son, you know, and you're working against the promoter's son, you're going to actually, you know, you're not going to complain. You're going to do it because you don't want to lose your spot. Yeah, very, very true. What was your relationship like with Kevin? And do you have any sort of relationship like with him today? Um, I wasn't, I, I, I didn't look. Uh, Carrie and I had much more in common than Kevin and I, and I'm sure, I mean, look, I, many, many years, Kevin's kind of, you know, like I wasn't vindictive when I wrote the book. I could have said a lot more than I did, you know, but I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus. You know, he did what he did and he, you know, he talked, I know he did talk bad about me because I think he didn't understand why I just left, you know, when they did, he, in his mind, he did so much for, you know, me in his mind. And, uh, after I had written the book, he had actually, um, watched a couple of interviews and he, he wrote me and, uh, said he, he didn't know my side of the story, you know? And he, when he had written the, when he read not the book, but, you know, I don't think he read the book, but parts of the book that was sent to him, I think that he had a different light on things because he didn't realize how hard it was on me. He didn't see that part, you know, he didn't, yeah. ha he didn't have to drive eight hours twice a day, you know, to, to get to this towns, you know, he always did the towns that were close. I'm the one that actually, you know, had to do the, the long haul and I just don't think he realized it. So, you know, you see, you know, you see a different perspective and I would see a different perspective if I was him too. I wouldn't have even known what was going on other than I show up 15 minutes before, you know, my match and I go work, you know, I, I work and I go home, you know, and I didn't, I didn't travel eight hours with a bunch of baby faces or a bunch of heels and I didn't hear what was going on. I didn't feel what was going on. So I think that's, you know, that's a big difference. You know, if you ask, Hulk Hogan, his experience in wrestling. And then you talk to somebody that's on the bottom of the card, you know, that's making nothing, you know, they're going to have a very different, you know, view on, you know, than someone that's making a couple of hundred thousand dollars to wrestle a match, you know, versus somebody that's made a couple of hundred dollars to wrestle a match. One guy flies, the other guy, uh, um, actually drives. So, you know, I mean, it's it's all in your perspective, right? Definitely. And you're doing that. I mean, you're really paying your dues. And, you know, Kevin and Kerry are obviously, like you said, working close towns, not showing up to shows. So they could have been more understanding at the point. But like you said, they didn't even realize what was going on. Yeah, of course. And then if you're also on top of that, if you're doing, you know, uh, uh, other recreational things, you know, even less, you know, <laughs> you know, does that yep. make sense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. For sure. With Kerry though, you did get along with him. You said you guys did have a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It was different because I, I, again, I had a lot in common with him. You know, I was a, I was a national powerlifting champion. You know, I was also a, you know, a, a bodybuilding, 
before I got into the wrestling. It kind of messed me up once I did get in the wrestling. I wasn't able to do all that, obviously. You know, Kerry was still able to work out because he only had to wrestle a couple of times a week. And, you know, it's very different. Anyway, so, um, you know, but but we had that kind of, you know, the same kind of uh, kind of background, you know, because he was into bodybuilding and all that. And, you know, although he didn't, I don't think, compete, he just had a great body. And he, he truly had a great body, you know. Oh, yeah, he looked like a Greek god uh, mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, yeah. I was going to say, with him, like, you guys got along. Did you hang out with him at all, though? Did. Um, actually, my ex and his um, wife were actually, you know, good, pretty good friends. And we used to go over his house. I never went over to Kevin's house. I wouldn't, couldn't tell you where he lived, but I used to go over to Carrie's house quite often. You know, and we, uh, you know, we hung out. Um, the the thing is that we lived very far from each other, so it wasn't something that we did a lot. You know, I was really good friends with Steve Simpson, and you know, obviously, I spent a lot of time with Steve. You know, he's still in Dallas today. I didn't go see him this last time I was was there, but you know, if if somebody. You know, I, I lived with his family in South Africa, you know, and uh, he, you know, spent a few months uh, with his dad, you know, and I wrestled with it for his dad for a couple of years before uh, he actually immigrated to the States, the, the father, you know, the whole family actually immigrated. And uh, so anyway, so yeah, they were good to me. What about Mike? Did you have any sort of relationship with Mike Von Eric? Mike, Mike and Chris were always together. And, you know, Chris was a lot younger. And I don't know, Mike just, he just kind of kept to himself. I don't think he wanted to be in wrestling at all. I think his father actually pushed, well, I know for a fact he pushed him and, and especially Chris too. Chris had no, you know, he had no business being in the ring. You know, he was a little guy and, you know, uh, Mike also was, you know, pretty, pretty thin and neither one of them wanted to have anything to do with wrestling, but you know, the, you do what your father he pushes you to do it, you know? And he was, I mean, Fritz was very persuasive, you know, and he was a, he, he was a tough guy. So I think that they were probably afraid of him. Almost like they had to do it. Like there's no, yes, no, maybe you're here in wrestling. You got to wrestle. 100%. And look what happened to the family. I mean, the only one that's left is Kevin, you know, and I, I, I guarantee it was from all the pressure that they had. I mean, I'm not, I mean, it, I'm, I'm, that's my personal opinion. And, you know, who knows if that's truly, you know, why all that happened. But I, I have a feeling that they just, he put so much, you know, it couldn't have been good. Obviously, David was, dead before you came to the territory but did you hear of like hey you're gonna have to fall in david's footsteps because a lot of people say he was the best wrestler the best worker out of them so were that people were kind of saying hey you're gonna have to fill you know david's footsteps not me you know i think that it was i think that actually it was probably more pressure on carrie to actually you know and kevin to actually fall into or or to actually follow david's footsteps you know the difference was david was a 
what I've heard was he was a true worker and he actually, you know, he, he did, he could make it to his towns and he, people liked him, you know, not a lot of people liked Kevin. Carrie was, you know, different, you know, Carrie was pretty simple in the fact that he, you know, I mean, he, he had a pretty good sense of humor. Everybody, you know, everybody, most everybody liked him. He was a likable guy. Kevin was a little more, um, um, he was always cordial to me and nice to me, but I, you know, I didn't warm up to him. And a lot of people felt that way, especially if they worked against him, you know, because you always had to make the Von Eric shine, you know, and most of the, most of the heel, I remember, you know, like Buzz Sawyer and Matt Bourne used to always tell me, you know, they don't sell at all. You know, they just go out and kick ass and, you know, and that's not the psychology of, you know, the wrestling. You know, the psychology is, you know, you shine and then you, you know, the bad guy has to cheat. You know, you know how it goes. And, you know, then the very end, if you're going to get beat, you know, it was because the, the bad guy cheated to, to beat you because he had to. So, you know, good there versus evil. And I think that, you know, Kevin from the, he wouldn't sell very much in the beginning. And just the rest of the match was, you know, him making comebacks. Do you think that with them not working and stuff, I mean, does that lend to people wanting to leave the territory? Or do you think, like, please welcome in our new sponsor, Fight Camp. Let's be honest. We could all use a little bit more motivation when it comes to working out. Allow me to introduce you to Fight Camp. Fight Camp is an interactive at-home boxing. They bring the best workout in the world into your home, and they make it fun. You can explore thousands of workouts led by expert trainers with decades of experience teaching proper boxing form and technique. Fight Camp has live punch counting stats that motivate you by counting each punch throughout your workout and pushing you to meet goals each round. As you progress, you'll unlock achievements and you can go head to head against other members, whether they're across the country or even across your living room. Man, that would be fun to challenge uh, a friend or a brother or a sister and you have some live action rounds going here like I could land more punches than you and so on. So, I mean, it just sounds like so much fun with Fight Camp because they have that versus mode and that is so cool. So make it a little challenge amongst yourselves. So one of the best things about Fight Camp is that it makes boxing accessible to everyone, no matter what fitness level you're at, what age you're at, or what experience of boxing you have. It doesn't matter. You could do it. And you're going to have a great time as well. So join the biggest boxing community in the world without leaving your home. Fight Camp packages start at just $99. They even offer some great financing options so you can get started for as low as $9 a month. To get everything you need, go to fightcamp.com slash two-man to learn more. That's fightcamp.com slash two-man, T-W-O-M-A-N. So that's right, folks. Go to fightcamp.com slash two-man and get all the motivation you need to start working out today. Like that's was just bound to happen anyway. Like people well, are leaving and going elsewhere. Well, I think that's part of, you know, what happens, but I think that especially if you're a baby face, you know, there's no way that you're ever going to, you know, get over on the, because there's not really a spot for him because it was all Von Eriks. And then, you know, I was kind of in between, you know, uh, meaning that I was not a, you know, I, 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 they gave me a push. I didn't get beat in the middle of the ring, but there's a, you know, like 
I remember uh, Billy Jack Haynes. He thought I was insane for going to work for the Von Erickson. He tried to work there, but, you know, they just, and he was a difficult person. He was a great guy. You know, later in life, I think he kind of got, you know, a couple of screws loose. But uh, he was a great guy. I mean, for me, I liked him a lot and also great body. And, you know, when I first met him, I was, you know, when I was in Portland, I worked with him a lot. And I remember somebody asking him, would I keep my body? And he says, yeah, maybe, you know, it's, it's hard to when you're resting. He says, yeah, but if he goes to the, you know, world class, he's not going to be able to keep it. And it was true. But um, he tried to make it at world class and they wouldn't give him a push. They kind of, you know, just kind of promised him something and he got there and it wasn't the case. And I think a lot of people, you know, if they didn't turn, you know, to uh, heal, they just weren't going to make it there. What did you think of the fabulous Freebirds and working with those guys? Because obviously Von Erich's Freebirds, that's kind of what made the territory so hot at one point. Well, yeah, I mean, they, that was a feud that went on for the whole time I was there. Between, you know, uh, Chris Adams and, um, you know, with working with Gino and the Freebirds, I liked working with Terry G Gordy, and uh, I didn't care for, you know, I, I like uh, Buddy, and I like Terry G Gordy. They were really good guys. Michael Hayes, I didn't, I also didn't care for. And he wasn't you know, mean to me or, you know, I did, he worked with me. I just, I just didn't care for him. You Any know, particular reason? Just didn't get the warm and fuzzies from him. I think he also felt like I had, I didn't do, you know, I didn't pay my dues where Terry Gordy was just a good worker. You know, he did what, whatever they asked of him, he did, you know, and he was a great worker and buddy, you know, buddy was, also, he was, although he was drunk most of the time, I'm really drunk. Um, but he, you know, he called a good match too. And Michael, I don't know. I just, I just didn't, you know, there's people in the business that you, you know, I got along with most everybody. I truly did. Um, but Michael and, you know, uh, Kevin, and I think they were really good friends too. So that might have had something to do with it. You know, they, they did like each other. So, you know, I, I don't know, just looking back, I just didn't, I didn't have a, you know, a, a, anything other than go out and work with him and do the best you can. What about Fritz? Did you have a good relationship or any sort of relationship with Fritz? Um, he was just, <laughs> no, actually, you know, he was up in his office, and, you know, you go up there and, he, you know, in the world class and I'll never forget. I was watching, you know, um, uh, from Portland before, you know, before I actually went to work in at the world class, I'll remember going to Portland and I had a friend of mine come from Israel. And when I ended up going to the States, he actually came with me. And I'll never forget whenever we walked into the sportatorium and I'd already been there, you know, because it was, you know, I mean, because that's how I got kind of you know, uh, when they came and asked me to come wrestle, I had to go meet Fritz. And, uh, so, you know, I knew what the inside of the sportatorium on the bottom floor where the ring was, but I remember my friend going, <laughs> and saying, you know, oh my God, this is a famous world-class sportatorium. Cause it looked like a, 
you know, a fire trap and his office was on the top floor and man, it smelled. I remember going up in there and he had ashtray after ashtray after ashtray, you know, he was a chain smoker. And I just remember walking into the first time meeting him and I couldn't even see him because there was so much cigarette smoke up there. And I remember he was smoking two cigarettes at the same time, you know, and, uh, he was, you know, I mean, he had a real kind of raspy voice and, you know, he was intimidating, you know, uh, wore his overalls or one of those, uh, you know, like he used to wear what, uh, mechanics would wear, you know, those jumpers and, you know, and he would just, he was just no nonsense and he wouldn't let you talk a lot of times. And, you know, he just had a bad temper. I used to hear him scream at people and I used to, you know, look at Bronco Lubitsch. I liked him a lot. And I used to look at him and he would just shake his head. So did you like Fritz though? Did you guys get along? Um, I tolerated him. You know, I was nice to him. I, I, yeah, nah, he was kind of a bully. You know, I, I tolerated him. I had to deal with him. Not much, though. You know, by the time I got there, he wasn't really running anything. It was mostly David Manning, you know, and uh, Ken Mantell. So it was, you know, it was, it, it, and Ken I liked a lot. You know, I actually went to work when he pulled away from the uh, world class. You know, he tried to do his own thing called Wild West for a few weeks. And, you know, he got some of the talent from world-class to come work over there and uh you know i i didn't think it would go anywhere you know it just didn't feel like it was gonna you know do anything really and that i guess it fizzled out when i before i actually you know actually when i left you know i they were still going when i left to go to south africa um they were still kind of going but he was a good guy ken mantel i liked a lot you know, and he was very, uh, he was very calm and, you know, he, he had a good way with him and David Manning as well. And I know he was very good friends with the Von Erickson. You know, he, uh, um, he called a lot of the matches, him and Kim Mantel, and he helped me out a lot. I remember he used to, you know, tell me in the very beginning, he used to tell me what to do while he was, you know, while he was actually, uh, you know, refereeing. And he was the one that actually found you, right? Like he was the one that actually discovered you and kind of brought you into wrestling, right, David Manning? Yeah, I was I was golfing and I just won a Texas championship in in bodybuilding, and so I was really cut up. And I was about I guess two hundred and fifty, but you know, like uh, really really cut up and had veins running through me. And I'll never forget we were golfing, and uh, he actually had seen me on the golf course and I was wearing, it was a public golf course. So I was wearing shorts and he, he kept following me around and I couldn't figure out, you know, what was going on. And one of my friends said, this guy must be gay. <laughs> he came up to me <laughs> looking at my legs. He wasn't even looking at me. And he said, Hey, have you ever, have you, where are you from? Blah, 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 blah. Have you ever thought about wrestling? And I'm like, ah, no, not really. And he goes, well, listen, this is my card. And if you have an interest, you know, I can make you a lot of money. If you have an interest, come see me. 
And I went back to, I remember going back to the gym, telling people about it and they were like, God, you ought to go, you have to go meet him at least. And you know, then I actually, about two weeks later, I actually called him and said, uh, you know, I'll come see you. And that's where I, I met him at the Sportatorium. And he got introduced to the beautiful Sportatorium, which is funny because you know, I'm up from the Northeast, but if you think about it and the way it's talked about, you would think it's like the greatest venue of all time. But so many of the guys, when they actually go there, are like, eh, it was not the nicest place in the world. Look, it, it, not only not the nicest, it was actually, it looked like it was going to burn up. If you looked at the, the lighting, you know, that ran through there on the, you know, the wires and when they exposed wires and everything was wood. And, you know, I mean, the first time that I actually, and the funny thing is I actually went with another friend of mine. We sat in the cage. There's a cage. I don't know if you ever been to the sportatorium, but there was a cage up upstairs that you could actually sit in and actually nobody could actually get to you because you, you you're in a cage. So people that um, like the, the wrestlers, um, um, family would be there or friends would sit there. And so it was a private place you could sit. They could still talk to you through the wires, you know, cause it looked like, you know, like a fence, but like smaller, you know, little holes in the thing. So you could see out, you could see in, but you couldn't like, you couldn't grab it. You could stick your finger through each hole maybe. And I remember the first week we were there, I mean, the first time I came and watched, Waylon Jennings was sitting next to me. And I don't know if you know who he is or not, but he. Oh, know. yeah. Famous singer. Yeah, I know who the hell he was. And uh, but I was sitting next to him and he was saying, hey, listen, are you, are you wrestling? Are you, you know, at that time I said, no, 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 I'm just here, you know, and it, him and another guy, I don't know who it was. And their wives were sitting there and, you know, watched the wrestling. So we had a lot of people that, you know, that were well-known you know that would come watch the wrestling up there you know so it was pretty big you know i um in the time that i was wrestling you know i i got debbie harry you know i actually got oh, yeah. to i got to know her um and actually fairly well uh tanya tucker you know got to know her pretty well um you know, I got to meet, and this is in Texas, I got to actually meet some of these people just because of being, they were Von Erich fans or had seen the Von Erichs, you know? And uh, so it was kind of interesting. You know, when I when I started, you know, I couldn't go to a restaurant without, you know, uh, I mean, it was just as, I, I could have been with, well, it, and it happened. I was with uh, Sylvester Stallone in Israel at the same time, and we were just as big as Sylvester Stallone. Wow. You know, I mean, it's so in Texas and in the Middle East, you know, it was crazy. Couldn't go anywhere without, you know, I mean, you couldn't eat, you know, every, every time you put your, you know, your fork in your mouth that you'd have somebody wanting to, you know, get a signature, you know, and, and where I made my money too. You know, the, the kids didn't want to do, and they did let me do a lot as far as like, uh, commercials, you know, um, and like autograph signing. Cause I, if I had just tried to live on the wrestling alone without the picture money or the autograph sign and that, you know, I wouldn't have made money, but I was getting $2,000 a, you know, for each weekend. If I went someplace on a Saturday to sign autographs or, you know, I, I got a free car from, 
you know, every six months we're doing commercials on, on television for Ford. Wow. So that's a, that was the part that, you know, kind of made it tolerable. If not, you know, I don't, I, I don't think I could have lived on, you know, the money just from the wrestling alone. But I think the funny thing is, it's like, you're not really a Von Eric. You're not really related to them. How does uh, Fritz kind of make that pitch to you originally and say, Hey, you know, you look great. You know, you got some seasoning or you're going to get some seasoning from Don Owen. How does he tell, like, turn you into Von Eric? Like, is that just his idea or is it David Manning's idea? No, it actually was. For, the problem was they were desperate for somebody and they needed somebody that kind of looked like, you know, them, you know? So they were looking for somebody that had blonde hair or semi blonde hair and they were looking for somebody that was, you know, could have, you know, passed for a, you know, a cousin. And so, you know, I don't think that they actually thought it out. And I heard Kevin. I heard him on an interview, interview say he was against it, which I don't really believe that. I think that actually they were they were desperate because they needed to find somebody to actually fill that hole. You know, and the and looking back to I was the hardest part for me was doing the uh, interviews. You know, I just didn't have enough practice to do the interviews. You know, and that's also something you have to learn. You know, I went on to like make uh, movies in South Africa and. You know, I, I got a lot of work in South Africa because I, you know, I have a, you know, I had a American accent, you know, so I got to do a lot of movies and it's very different learning your lines and, you know, versus just getting out there and ad libbing. Right. You know, and I had a hard time. I, I don't, I, I didn't later on, but at that time, you know, it was very difficult because I just didn't have enough practice and the Von Erics were horrible at doing it too. You know, if you look at their interviews, it was, they were horrible. And they just had so much charisma. The crowd loved whatever the heck they were saying. It's like the like, uh, ultimate warrior for a while, whatever he, he said, they just ate it up because they liked them. Yeah. They, you know, you can say anything. I mean, then they all did like me until I, I mean, a lot, uh, until I was no longer a Von Eric. and those people to, to this day, you know, they're such diehard Von Eric fans that, you know, it's crazy. They feel like I'd betrayed, uh, you know, the the family. You know, if you ever look, I, and I don't, you know, I did once. I looked on one of the the threads where they had the Von Eric fans and, you know, with the, some of the shit that they said. And I never looked at it again because I just thought, how stupid, you know. And people want to believe what they want to believe. But in those days, you know, I mean, you, you take any any of the wrestlers, you know, you you know, all, all, you know, it's all the work. Everybody was, that said they were related. It was very few that were really related, you know, but they, you know, they, you know, it's all fake, you know, the, the wrestling's fake, you know, but back then, you know, it was it bubble gum for the eyes, but people wanted to believe it. You know, now everybody knows it's fake. And the thing is, Waldo von Eric and Fritz von Eric are supposedly brothers. You're Waldo's son, so you're the cousin. But none of that is true. Of course not. You know, and the same thing is, I mean, it's just, I mean, I can't, right now I can't think of, but, you know, I mean, like the Wyndhams, okay, you know, they're, you know, Blackjack Mulligan and that whole family, they are really related. And, you know, the hearts are really related, but the majority of, you know, people, 
that were supposed to be, you know, related weren't. It's just part of the, the business, you know, and nobody came out and said, hey, they're really not related to me because it was stupid. You know, you, it, nobody would have been it, looking back if they had just not said anything. Hey, Lance is retired, you know, or Lance got hurt. Then none of that would have ever happened. They would have, nobody would have been the, you know, the wiser. They would have just, you know, just carried on with life. And again, I think that the reason was they were afraid that I was going to, you know, better to get out in front of it because they thought I was going to, you know, either go someplace else or maybe, you know, like WWF or someplace and, uh, or do a full expose like Eddie Mansfield did. But do you think that ended up hurting world-class? Cause it's almost like, wait, the Von Erichs were in on the lie saying that Lance was the cousin. No, I don't think, I don't think I know it's the most stupid thing they could have possibly ever done because, you know, for the, there's, you're always going to have, you know, people that, for instance, that love Trump and you no know, matter what he does, they're going to love him. And the Von Erichs had that following that people are going to love the Von Erichs no matter what. But there's a, a lot of people that say, well, you know, hey, look, you know, it, shame on you because you're the ones that actually, you know, orchestrated that whole thing. I was just a, you know, I was just a person that was offered the job and I took it. Anybody would have. You know, if they thought it was going to, you know, help their career. No, I mean, oh, and, yeah, and, definitely. And so I think that that was the worst thing that they could have possibly done for the business. The worst, you know, and uh, I, I don't know how, you know, you can't ask any of them because they're all dead. Uh, but, or you know, except for Kevin and, you know, he's not going to. He's not going to tell you what he what he thinks, I, you know, well, he may tell you, but he's going to spin it very differently i'm guessing and i don't like i said i don't have anything against him you know i just wasn't close to him you know so i, I don't know what his rationale was i would like i said i was gone but um it I, I think that it really hurt them and there's a lot of other things that i think were also the demise of the world class you know um but i think that the biggest part would be that and also the Von Erichs not actually, you know, going uh, from coast to coast because they could have done it. They had the TV to do it. They had everything set up to do it. Definitely. But it seemed like all the tragedies, obviously, you know, Mike had like uh, toxic shock and you know, he, he, he ends up dying and Chris commits suicide. And, and you know what I mean? Like uh, Gino is dead. Obviously, David was dead first, but I mean, it was just like one tragedy after another. Then the Von Erichs are lying to them this whole time. Like that was like the final straw. Yeah, of course. I mean, all of that played a, you know, a, 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 all of it actually had something to do with the, the fall of the, you know, the Von Erichs, you know, in the world-class wrestling it's, and it's a shame because they really, really could have done something. You know, and it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> what if, you know, what if they'd done everything differently? You know, if I had been paid better, you know, I and only had to wrestle. Because, you know, even once a night, if you're doing that six nights a week, sometimes seven nights a week, it's a 
it's a huge toll on you. You know, even though it's fake and all that, you know, the miles and the, you know, the bumps that you take, you get rings that don't have any bounce to them at all. You got people hitting your head with a chair, you know, you got, you know, uh, rings that are hard as a rock, you know, you get, you know, knocked out in a, you know, by somebody throwing you into a post, you know, or not catching you, you know, when you j go flying over the top rope, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, happens to you my shoulder to this day, you know, from Nord the Bar 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 Barbarian actually throwing me into the mat, you know, just dropping me, you know, I broke my shoulder and, uh, you know, I, I used to could be able to bench close to 600 pounds and I, now I can't even, you know, I still work out, but I, I, I can't bench because of uh, the injury that I had. I can't even put my shoulder, my, my arm over my head on my left-hand side. $100,000 a year, you know, I, I don't think that it's worthwhile, you know, and a lot of people would like to make $100,000 a year wrestling because I don't, I doubt if they're even coming close to that. And then you got to pay your expenses. Yeah. So you, you know, you're probably making maybe half of, half of that, really. I yeah. Mean, like, do you have any like positive experiences from wrestling and from like world class, or not really? Yeah, I do. You know, I, I, I yes, because I it opened me up to a whole new world. You know, I'm sure I would have never gone to Israel. I'm sure that you know uh, it it made me want to be a, a a huge traveler. You know, I've been to 122 countries. You know, and I don't know if I would have, you know, done any of that. I don't think I'd have, maybe I wouldn't have, you know, there's, I think there was a huge positive to that as well, you know, because it, it, it opens your eyes to a different type of, you know, world, you know, so there was some good things about it as well, you know, and it, it made me appreciate, uh, you know, hard work. And, you know, the thing is that, you know, a lot of those wrestlers, especially the ones that were in the undercards, you know, they could have worked in Walmart and made more money, you know, and been at home every night, right. you know, kind of sad. Um, it, it gave me a drive that I don't think I would have had. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of positives. You know, I learned how to, you know, even though uh, I learned how to be a better business person, you know, because you have to kind of ne negotiate your own stuff. If you don't, you're not going to make money in the business. I mean, during those days. So I went and sold myself, you know, to be able to, you know, to, to do a lot of different things to make money, you know? So it, it, yeah, it, I have some positives. Yeah. I, I just wish that I had maybe stayed in Portland longer to actually, you know, to get more experience. Cause if you're on a, you know, on a international a television station that goes worldwide, I mean, they see everything that happens. You know, if you're on the West Coast in Portland and Washington, you know, it's if you mess up, it's not a big deal. Right. You almost get some of that inexperience out of the way, get that rust out of the way and, you know, be able to be a little green. And then once you make it to the big time and are seen globally, you're going to be more polished. Of course. And that's with anything, you know, um, it, it, it's same with, you know, it, it, any sport that you do, you know, you got to put your time in, you know, I mean, even though you're a fast runner or whatever, you can't just go try out for, you know, a, a, the, the Dallas Cowboys or the, 
you know, the realms, you know, you're just not going to be able to walk on and do it. You need to have some experience first. And it's the same way, you know, to with, with wrestling and especially just with the learning how to, to do interviews and that, because, you know, there's some people that are horrible wrestlers, but they were good at, you know, talking and, uh, you know, they, they made a good living because they could talk really well. You know, they could do great interviews. With you, and as we want it down, head towards the finish, did you think that wrestling, like, was for you, per se? Did you think, like, oh, this is my calling? Or that was never a thought, it was just a job? I, I truly, I actually, in my, you know, it wasn't my calling, and it wasn't something I was, I just wanted to be famous. You know, and I thought that was a, a way to actually go maybe to the film industry. You know, it wasn't so I could wrestle to be a great wrestler. If it happened and I could make really good money at it, then you know what? Then it would be, you know, I mean, it, it would it would have worked out okay. You know, and it did. I mean, I actually made a lot of money wrestling in South Africa and I got to be home every night you know i didn't have to go to the you know i sometimes we'd go to angola or we'd go to rhodesia zimbabwe now uh we nigeria you know we'd go to some of these other places and but but i didn't have to go if i wanted to go and chose to go because i hadn't been there before it you know it was a good experience but the wrestling there was completely different you know in south africa you know and i was i got i was over over in south africa you know so that I had a great time, you know, and it, I had a 15 year career of that, you know, so I, I actually really enjoyed it. When you look back at your career, like, what do you think is, or even acting too, because I know you did some acting, what's like the legacy or what do you think is like the stamp when people remember like Lance Von Eric? What do you think? No, I, well, it depends on where we're talking about. Are we talking about the States? Or are we talking about, you know, South Africa? Everything, everything combined. The States, probably I'll be known as the guy that, you know, uh, actually um, left world-class and was stupid because I left and I held them up for money and, you know, and I wasn't a true Von Eric. And, you know, I think I, that's my legacy in Texas. You know, I don't think they're going to remember. Most people aren't going to remember, um, um, you know, the matches or anything that 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 I had there. Uh, you know, I mean, I really don't. But in South Africa, I think it's completely different. I think that, you know, I, I was so well known because I also did television and I did, you know, uh, uh uh, soap opera I did you know I did tons of commercials so they saw me on the television a lot and so uh, you know I was a true celebrity there you know and really well known and thought of as you know a, you know I'm a South African citizen and thought of a as a, a good guy that did charity work and was, did a lot for the community and you know it's a smaller country too so it's actually you know, and there was only six and a half million whites. So everywhere you go, people knew you. And it was just as big as, you know, the States. It's just a smaller country. Seems like even like now, if you like look back, it's like, okay, 
everybody kind of should be a little bit more at ease or relaxed about Lance Von Erich. Cause you always feel like, Oh, that like they throw that name and they put that towards like the tragedies of world classes. Like let's not go crazy. You know what I mean? They were like, they almost put that in the same category. So I think, I think hopefully people are easing up <laughs> on that 35, 40 years later. I hope anyway. Well, you would think so. And those people who are, you know, in their, you know, fifties and sixties and seventies that actually watch the wrestling. If they can't get over it, you know, I mean, it, tough luck for them, you know, and it doesn't bother me a bit. I don't care. You know, it, it's not like I'm every day in Dallas. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, Brian Adidas, he actually, you know, he works in as a meat cutter in Safeway and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, at, at all. And I'm not saying there is, but you know, it's like, you know, I, I remember he reached out to, the guy that wrote the book helped me co-write co-write the book you know barry benny and uh he told Bear, uh, barry benny to tell me that you know he said he he admired me because i really handled that situation very good it was on them that they didn't you know and uh i was a good friend of brian's you know we myself and and Steve Simpson and Brian, we always used to ride together. And I got a lot of respect for him because he never, he was a good wrestler and he never got a really big push, you know, but, um, you know, he has to deal with, you know, whether it be good or bad, he has to deal with, you know, a lot of people because I can imagine working in a safe way as a, a butcher, you know, that you, you run into a lot of people that were world-class fans, you know, and so he has to deal with that on a daily basis. I don't, I don't have to, you know, if I walked into Dallas right now, nobody's going to know me. South Africa is a very different story. Everybody knows me, but you know, they, people forget, you know, you're even really famous people, you know, you're, you're very famous. And then you're only as famous as your last movie or your last, you know, soap opera or whatever, you know, and people, people forget about you. Don't think about you at all. And, and anyway, my, my point being though, is that, uh, I could care less what they think if they like me and they read the book and maybe they read the book and they didn't like me to read it because they just want to see what the hell great read it. Maybe you'll have a different, uh, perspective on, you know, on my, you know, cause you, you only know, you, you don't know what you, what you don't know and you only know what you hear. So if you read something and you really can, put yourself in the other person's shoes, they might see it differently. And I, and I have had people write me and say, listen, I, I never, you know, I never, never really knew what happened. And thanks for writing the book because, you know, it told your side of the story. We only got one side. Yep. For all those years, only got the one side. Lance by chance, wrestling as of an era, great book. Get out there, everybody and find it. I think it's on Amazon and, and other places and go read it lancebychance.com but i didn't want to get too into the chris adams stories and the other stories i want people to actually go out and and get the book because that's some uh, really interesting stuff you getting arrested i mean a lot of interesting stuff in the book outside of just wrestling yeah 100 i mean it's a lot to do with wrestling and the the kind of the underbelly of you know world class as well and you know it's even if you don't like me you know the stories about the other guys that actually you know it, it's pretty interesting, you know, it's from my perspective and I didn't, you know, I told the truth. I mean, about the drugs, about everything. It's not, you know, cause some people would say, you know, why did you tell that? You know, and it's because it's what happened. 
So read the book, not even if you don't like me or care, uh, read it because it's interesting about some of the other wrestlers as well. And you can order it, just so you know. You can go to Lance by Chance and and go Google it, and it'll pull you up to uh, Vinny's site, and he'll have a book to you in a couple of days. So I think it's twenty four bucks, something like that. It's got a lot of pictures in there too. Nice. What do you? What's up next for you? Any anything, or just working, relaxing, and golfing? Uh, fishing, golfing, uh, traveling. Um, I don't know. I'm actually going to, I think I'm going to write a second, going to attempt to write a second book. It took two and a half years. Oh, wow. Uh, to actually put this whole thing together. Uh, but I got a, an idea of something that, you know, that, and I'm not going to give it away right now, but uh, that actually would be pretty interesting. It has nothing to do with, you know, wrestling. So. Nice. Looking forward to that. Of course, like I said, LanceByChance.com. For more, Lance, thank you so much for all the time. I appreciate it. Sorry I'm in the dark here, but I'm outside with bats flying around. So, yeah. Hey, no problem. Okay. But all thank right. you, though. Appreciate thank it. You so much. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.